Hey guys, how's it going? All right, Nehemiah chapter two today. All right, uh, so I had stopped yesterday uh, with Nehemiah asking the king, you know, like, hey, I really want to go um, rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. And the king's like, all good, let's do it. Um, so I had a little bit of a historical bunny trail. If you know me, you know why. All right. But um, so the king's like, yeah, that's great. Um, and then there's an interesting little side note. It says the king with the queen sitting beside him, verse six, asked how long will your journey take? And when will you be back? So he wants his cupbearer back. So he does like Nehemiah, right? He's like, when are you coming back though? Right? But the interesting part is, and the queen's sitting beside him. Now, many traditions believe this is Queen Esther, you know, um, from Xerxes is on this lineage that it's either his mom or grandma somewhere in there. Um, and then that's why Nehemiah felt emboldened to ask. And that's why the king felt like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll help. I think that's a nice story. I don't think it's Queen Esther. The reason I don't think it's Queen Esther is because the word used for queen here is only used one other time in the Old Testament. And it's used in Psalm 45. And Psalm 45 is painting this brilliant, beautiful, magnificent, opulent picture of a royal wedding okay and so and then when describing his bridal queen the queen consort this is the same word that's used i don't think that's the word that they would use to describe esther in this story right and also um so the his wife is only mentioned once in like a historical text basically that she was his wife, that that's it. However, tradition says that they died on the same day. Okay. Um, and um, Adazerses uh, supposedly died of natural causes. So that, that is interesting, you know, like were they so in love, they died on the same day. Also, there's one little side note that says maybe he was on a military campaign, but again, why would you take a queen on a military campaign? unless you really never wanted to be away from her and or valued her opinion, right? Like, was she brilliant? Was she like really his partner? Which would have been amazing for the time, okay? Because this wasn't the setting that Nehemiah and the king are in. Isn't like a royal banquet or anything like that. He should be alone with the king. Maybe the king has some buddies, but it's just the king is eating dinner that's that's what's going on and so traditionally the king would eat dinner alone so the fact his wife is with him is or queen whichever way you prefer to go with that um i prefer the story that he loved his wife and that she was his partner and the reason i also think that is because we will see later in nehemiah that nehemiah randomly mentions women randomly mentions women in very male-dominated spaces and male-dominated stories. And he just kind of throws them in. You're like, hmm, what's going on there? Anyway, uh, so Nehemiah is like, okay, he sets a time and doesn't tell us how long. Um, 
and then he's like hey i'm gonna need some things if i'm gonna go like uh will you provide me letters so i can have safe conduct and then also will you um pay for it basically he's like can i get some wood from the royal forest and um and the king was like sure no problem so it says that Nehemiah left and the king also sent army officers and a cavalry with him, okay? And he had safe conduct the whole entire way. There were two dudes who were upset, Sambalat and Tobiah. And it says in verse 10, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. We'll get into that. But what struck me the most, there are two things, I guess three things because the historical aspect and the women, mentioning the women. So the other, the second thing that struck me was that Nehemiah is not an architect. Nehemiah is not a construction worker. Nehemiah is a cupbearer, okay? Um, I mean, maybe he had some side skills that aren't mentioned, but when the king empowers you to do something, you go. When God gives you favor to do something, you go. He will give you the skills or the connections that you need. God's not so concerned about your skill as your willingness to obey, right? But yeah, it, I just was like, how the dude know how to rebuild a wall? I mean, we can figure it out, but really. So anyways, but the third thing that struck me is that Nehemiah, like, we all, you know, we read these uh, self-help books on how to be better leaders, how to be better motivators. Read Nehemiah. Dude's got it down. So he goes to Jerusalem, and after staying there for three days, he sets out at night with a few others, and it said he had not told anyone what God had put in his heart to do for Jerusalem. So that means the two guys, Tobiah and Sambalat, also kept it under their hat why Nehemiah was coming. Okay, so they're watching to see what really happens here. But Nehemiah showed up with a cavalry. Like, was he was he like, hey, I'm just here to visit? Like, <laughs> but it, it said that he told nobody. Like, it goes into more detail. The religious leaders didn't know. The city leaders didn't know. Nobody knew. To me, that also kind of points that everything was really in dis disarray and just in survival mode. And just mind your own business. Just survive. That's my personal take on that. Anyways, so Nehemiah goes around at night. Nobody can see him. And nobody even noticed that he went out at night. So that's the other thing. Like, these walls are so torn down and nobody, like, there's no safety. Somebody should have noticed that, you know, but it's not a walled city anymore, right? So you can come and go as you please. Anyways, so he's like, this is a mess. But in the morning, instead of going, this is a mess, there's been a remnant here the whole entire time. You can most, uh, and then the rest of you have been back for up to 70 years. What have you all been doing? He doesn't do this. He comes in, he goes, listen, we, we have a problem and we are going to fix it, right? And he, so he doesn't come and show them the problems that they already know, right? They know the walls in disarray. They know their, their city is horrible. He just says, listen, we're going to fix this. And you know why? And he tells his testimony, basically. He's like, this is what God did for me via the king. 
right? And the king gave us all, all this stuff. And so they said, he's like, but we're in trouble. So come, let us rebuild the wall and we won't live in disgrace anymore. And they said, let us start building. And the word there with the let us start is like a command, like a, like a military command. And he didn't say it, the people said it, right? So he gave like one motivating speech on that. And then it says, but Sanballat and Tobiah um, heard about it and they came and mocked us and said, what are you doing? You're rebelling against the king. And it says he, that Nehemiah answered him and said, the God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants and we will start building, but you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic, historic right to it. Now, the last part has to do with Samaritans and the Samaritans and the Jews. You can go back to Kings and Chronicles and learn more about that. And you can fast forward to Jesus with the woman at the well and learn about that. That's not overly important to what we're gleaning out of Nehemiah right now. The point is that somebody who has no right to come and tell you, hey, you can't do this. What are you doing? Da, da, da. And they knew, right, that he had letters from the king because it said they were perturbed about it. Does Nehemiah say, hey, you know I have letters from the king? No, you just said, God sent me to do it. So we'll succeed. And he just sets his, you know, sets his face like, look, he's like, this is what we're going to do. And the other thing is he was so inspiring about about how God had ordained this, that it would appear that the Jews didn't feel the need to come to their, his defense either. They were just working. And they didn't come to him and be like, no, the king knows, the king set this all up, the king's paying for this. You should know that. No. Nehemiah was just like, hey, mind your own business. Okay? Sounds good. Um, and so, like, not to be deterred, right, by these little, well, you're not good enough, you're not a, uh, you don't have the skills, you don't have the authority. To I mean, Nehemiah, there, it's usually, uh, in the Bible it says it about Samuel and Jesus, right, where he had favor with both man and God. But so does Nehemiah. Nehemiah has favor with both man, the king, and with God. And he knows that's more more than enough. He has favor with God, which is more than enough. But the two partner together, right? Nehemiah is a lot about the partnering of the, of the two, right? How we see that, how like yesterday it was about the character and the favor. And today it's about God's favor and the king's favor, right? Anyway, I love me some Nehemiah. All right, have a good day, guys.